Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians, and we're going to look at a few verses in Ephesians chapter 5, and I've been encouraged by these scriptures as I've read them and thought about them really over the last two weeks, because today is the culmination of the one series. The one series was something that was decided upon by the Tswani Elders Forum, it's a group of pastors from across the city, that they wanted to do something in a united front. And it was this one series, and today we're looking at the one church, and how important the church is, and how important unity is in the church. And if, you, if you're there, it's Ephesians chapter 5. From verse 25, and I'm going to read all the way actually to verse 30. Ephesians chapter 5, from verse 25 and through to verse 30. I've entitled the message today, The Church, His Chosen Vehicle. From verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives. Now, many husbands love that section of that scripture. And uh, It's strange that it's thrown into a completely different context, but it then changes gears. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Lord, we pray today that as we focus on something that is important to you, that the weight of it would be real in our own spirits. And I pray, Lord, that you will come and anoint my lips. I don't want to say things that I shouldn't. I want to say things that are on your heart, and so I ask that you would just be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first thing I see as I look at this is that Jesus Christ is our example in all things. That's why people wear these bangles that say, what would Jesus do? Why? Because he is our example. He sets the example for us in every aspect And our sights should be set on following his example. And we should follow his example in everything we do or say. And we should really be modeling our lives on his example. In other words, what is important to Jesus Christ is by default important to you and I. And I believe we should be shaped by his example. And in effect, we should be changed as we follow his example. And I believe it can be applied to every aspect of life, and it can also be applied to the church. 
And the example that he set regarding the church, I believe, should be our guiding light. What's important to him should be important to us. And Jesus Christ is our example in all things. If we look at point number two, Jesus Christ loves his church. Jesus Christ loves the church. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, did Jesus love the church because the church was perfect? No. He actually loves the church because it's imperfect, but redeemable. Because he is committed to working with the church. And that's why it's, the correlation is made with marriage. And in many cases in marriage, it's, I, I saw a little quote that came up on Facebook the other day. And it says, uh, marriage is about two imperfect people who don't give up on each other. That's what marriage is all about. But now we have a situation with our relationship with God where he is perfect and he never gives up on us who are imperfect. How beautiful is that? How wonderful is that? I'm so glad my wife doesn't give up on me because I'm imperfect. And if anybody knows my imperfections, I do. And I'm so thankful she doesn't give up on me because I'm I'm loved by an unconditional love, and I'm so thankful for that. And God loves his church, and you are part of that. He loves each one of us who form part of his body. Now, note those, those two things as we look at that scripture. The first thing is that the Lord loves the church. And if the Lord loves the church, should you and I feel any differently? And that's why we wanted to pray for people who perhaps had been hurt. Because sometimes when you've been hurt, it's difficult to see it as God sees it. But if he loves the church, why should we feel differently? And the fact of the matter is that it's one of those founding factors about the very nature of God himself is this love for the church. And just as the Lord embraces the church, so too we should have a deep love and appreciation for the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And again, it's not because the church is perfect, but we can still know his love. Now, the interesting thing I discovered is that the love of the Lord for his church is so great that he considered himself incomplete without her. Let me read you a scripture from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23. I'll just read it to you. It says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And then it says, and the church is his body. And it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills everything 
with himself. Isn't that beautiful? And the commentators generally feel when they, when they commentate on the scriptures, I was researching it, that there comes this completion between Christ and the church. And I believe you and I can find our completion within that same sacred bond. If we look at the second aspect, it goes on and it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's the sacrificial love. It was a love that was prepared to pay the ultimate price. And Christ was quite happy to contend with the weaknesses of the church. He knew it. He was quite happy to contend with that and went on further to sacrifice himself for the church. That's how important the church is to Jesus Christ. And you know, sometimes in, in a marriage situation, if maybe there's some violence that comes against a, a couple, you'll find that the husband would be prepared to take the bullet so that his wife can live. And Jesus was prepared to die so that the church can live. And you and I are part of that great church. And that church has been going on for over 2,000 years. The third point is that the church is his chosen vehicle. The church has and always will be the chosen vehicle of our Savior. He planned it from the start and nothing has changed, you know. We may consider it flawed or problematic, but it remains his choice. I sometimes, as a young man, used to think, goodness me, Lord, this thing of it, the church, is, it's such a loose, such a informal, such a relational, how can it ever work? I used to think, you know, if I could put a system together, <laughs> I, would, I would get it right. And so the churches have decided through the years that they can, and they call that denominations, because they think they know how to do it. They think they know a better model. They think they know a better way. Or they, they think it's just ridiculous altogether. And then they start stepping out of the church into what we have come to call para-church, something that runs parallel to the church, but is not the church. And I believe there lies a danger in that because we must always remember that the church is his chosen vehicle. It's the way God wanted things to operate. And for me, that brings relief. Because if I know this is the way God wants things, then I'm happy to oblige. I'm happy to cooperate with his plans and purposes. And you see, we may feel like that it's not the best tool that the Lord could have chosen, but that does not change the facts. We may look at the church and see its flaws and its weaknesses and its failings over time, but that doesn't change anything. You may even have been hurt or disappointed by the church, and as a, as a result, you think you are better without it. And you're wrong. 
Because it's God's chosen vehicle for you. It's God's chosen vehicle for me. And the truth is that we are never better without God's plan and purpose for our lives. And that includes involvement with and in His church. And I want to encourage you, settle this matter. Settle this matter. That this is God's chosen vehicle and you are part of it. And you want to be part of it. The next thing I discovered is that his plan is a process. Now this is an interesting one. If you read the very next verse in Ephesians 5 and verse 26, it says, So that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Now, sometimes when we, when we think of a church, we think of a spiritual home, and we think that if we can just find that spiritual home and just engage and connect, and we think we've arrived. But actually, our participation in church life is a process. It's not a destination. And the moment, we get involved, the moment we get connected, God starts to work. And you know what? He'll use your brothers and sisters. He'll use the circumstances. He'll use all those different things to work. And there's this process. What is the process? It says that he might sanctify her. What is sanctify? Well, it's from the word sanctification, which means the process of advancing in holiness. That's what it really means. And it's the process of the believer becoming progressively transformed by the Lord into his likeness and into similarity with his nature or the nature of God. And so God begins to work on us. And so sometimes we, we perhaps long for the perfect church, and I've actually heard somebody once say, you know, if you ever find the perfect church, please don't join it. Because <laughs> afterwards it won't be perfect anymore. <laughs> it's not perfect. But it's a process that God wants us to be part of. I've been through that process. Some of it has been a joy and some of it not so much. But it's a process. And I wanted to encourage you, don't try and escape the process, but rather embrace it and let him have his perfect work in your life. Point number five, the end result is something wonderful. Look in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. There's a purpose to the process that you go through. There's a purpose involved. It's not in vain. And the end result is quite clear. You can have a look at those three. It's firstly that there will be a glorious church. The plan of Jesus Christ for his church is that it will be a glorious church and we will all be part of this glorious church. And you might sit and think, it doesn't look so glorious from my perspective. From God's perspective, it's moving in that direction. And it's going to be a glorious church. It's also going to be without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. It will be holy and without fault. 
And the end result is going to be something more wonderful than we can ever imagine. And I believe we all want to be part of the glorious church. And that's the end result. Point number six, we are better together. The importance of unity. And that's why I'm so thankful that the churches are working together over this month. Because we are better together. Years ago when we started Impact Radio, we were concerned about how it would work because we felt like God had called us to promote unity and harmony and not to uh, create division or dissatisfaction. And, and eventually we felt the Lord said to us that we should celebrate the things we agree on. And we began to do that. And the radio has been able to play a part in the city because we don't focus on everybody's differences, but we try and celebrate those things that we agree on because we are better together. But in our nature, isn't it strange how we can pick up the things we don't like easier than the things we do like? I'll come into my office and my things are all where they should be. And I'm happy. And then someone will come and pack it all up for me. Do me a big favor and pack it all up for me. And the moment I walk in, I can just see everything that's wrong. Everything that's not where it should be. Everything that's out of place. And sometimes we like that. As Christians, we look at the church and we just, we want to look at all the, the things that are wrong and out of place. And if we could just put things right, then it would be okay. Sometimes we have to celebrate those things we agree on. And the church is made up of different visions and callings and directions, but it all remains part of his church. And the purpose of all these different dimensions is really to serve him. And we should be united together. We should be united in the purpose of growing and seeing his church and kingdom expanded and strengthened. We need, to get, we need to, to, to get to the point where we work together like an army, not pulling in different directions. And I believe the Lord will bring change to our city, not generally through one isolated church, but He will do it through His greater body. He wants to work together with everybody to bring about His plans and purposes. And if there's one thing the enemy loves to see, it's disunity. In the book of John 17, Jesus speaks about this, and he prayed that we would be one. And I believe we should all be working towards making sure there is unity. Remember, the church is made up of three dimensions. The local church, here at Choose Life, that you are part of. The regional church, in terms of the churches here in the city or in the country. And the greater church of Jesus Christ around the globe. I remember when I was doing national service, I was doing border duty for six months. And it was hard to be away from home and, you know, far away and in very little contact and those type of things. But there was a church, and I was based in Undangwa, which was right at the north of uh, Namibia. And there was a church that my dad was in association with at Oshakati. And it was a church, 
run by a pastor by the name of Edmund Kondume. And my dad picked up the phone when I ended up on, on the border at Undangwa. And, and Pastor Kondume said, I will look after him. And you know that that man would drive down to Undangwa on a Sunday. He would come and fetch me. I would go to his church in the rural areas of Oshakati, and we would have wonderful times of praise and worship, and then afterwards I'd have a meal with his family. I'll never forget it. They used to buy two tins of Coke, one for me and one for them. <laughs> and they would divide the Coke out amongst all of them, fill it up with water, and give it to them. And I'd sit there with my Coke. I cannot tell you how hard that Coke went down. But you know what I discovered? I had a family in the middle of nowhere. I had a family out there in the bush, and we were better together. We were better together than divided. These people loved me. They didn't know me. I loved them. I didn't know them. But we were all part of this great family. And I believe we are all part of the great church of Jesus Christ, and we should play our part. Two more points. Point number seven, what is our responsibility? Firstly, have regard for the church. Value the church of Jesus Christ. Love the church just as Christ loved the church. Hold the church in high esteem. Understand that it's God's chosen vehicle. Secondly, be a part and promote unity. You know, it says in Proverbs 6 verse 19, it says, God hates the one who sows discord. It's a terrible thing. Some people just like to sow disunity. The Afrikaans language has a beautiful term for it. It's called dwarstrakkers. <laughs> Don't be like that. Let us not be those who sow disunity or just go against the flow because, well, I'm a go against the flow type of person. Come on. Let's be part and let's promote uni unity. Get involved, get connected, enhance the process. Don't sit on the fringes. Become an agent for the church. Become an ambassador. I believe there are three major hindrances to unity. The first one is an independent spirit or individualism, as Pastor Titus Sertoli calls it. An independent spirit. It does not help unity. Secondly, selfishness, when we are selfish. And thirdly, where we're building our kingdom exclusively. I believe those things undermine unity. So don't, don't do that. And lastly, I see don't, that if we are going to, what is our responsibility with regard to the church is that we do not say or do anything that will harm the church of Jesus Christ. If there's error, Please speak up. But other than that, what you say and what you do, make sure that you do nothing to harm the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves his church. He died for his church. When you're walking in the corridors at work, don't speak negatively about the church. It's his church. It's his chosen vehicle, and he will see it through. The last point, the power of one church. What can I do? 
And what can you and I do to be able to promote his church and unity within it? I've got five things here. Firstly, pray. I believe prayer has the power to bring unity. Secondly, help where you can. Assist those who are in need. Thirdly, let us come together and fight our common enemy. And our common enemy is not another member in the church. Our common enemy is the devil himself who wants to see the church come to naught. But the church has one foundation. His name is Jesus Christ. And the church will survive. And the church will go from strength to strength. Let us seek after and promote unity. In Psalm 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Wow. Number four, put aside your own agenda and ideas on how you think things should work. And lastly, encourage others to join in so that we can see a great harvest. If you remember one thing from the service today, I want, I want it to be that the church is God's chosen vehicle. And we are better together. Would you stand together with me as we close in prayer as a sign of unity, as we stand together to honor the Lord and His church today. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and we declare that just as Christ loves the church, so we too love the church of Jesus Christ. We realize, Lord, that we are in a process, that you are working within the church globally and nationally here in our city, here at Choose Life, that you're working within each of us the bricks that make up the church. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that one day we will be presented to you as a glorious church. And what a joy it is to know that we can be part of that. We thank you that just as Christ nourishes and cherishes the church, we together want to do that. We want to promote unity. We want to stand together. We do not want to be an island. We want to be part of your great purpose, Lord. And we thank you that we can be members of your body. What a joy it is. And so we ask, Lord, that your, your church and your kingdom would continue to grow and expand right here in the city. And that we would see more and more people reached. And that we would know that we are part of it. That within us a, a flame would come alive. That a spark would be born today. That we would say we understand the intention of God. And we want to be part of it. And we dedicate ourselves to that. So we do pray for your blessing on the church across this city. We think of the leaders as they're away for this period of time. We pray, Lord, right now that you would just come upon them. That you would just let your Holy Spirit fill them afresh. That they would come back strengthened. Because you have strengthened them. The author and the founder of the church. And so we thank you that we can be part. Now I pray your blessing on your people. I pray, Lord, that as they go into this week, they will go out as agents of the church, as ambassadors of your kingdom, and that they would be fruitful and that they would be productive in everything they put their hand to. We pray your protection over them, over the things that you have blessed them with. 
over their families and relations. And we ask, Lord, that you would undertake in every matter that concerns each of your children. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.